I'm Patrick Hollick. You're listening to The Love Show. This is our first episode with Motion. I'm sitting with Teresa Ruiz. Do the role version. Teresa. <laughs> yeah, Teresa Ruiz. I need, a, uh, I need to rehearse <laughs> for a couple of days. Teresa Ruiz. <laughs> where, were you, where were you born? I was born in Oaxaca, South Mexico. Mm. It's like, you know the fish? Like Mexico is a little fish, mm -hmm. right? It's like the thin part in the bottom. That's where Oaxaca is. Okay. Yeah. And when does acting come into your life? The acting came into my life because my dad really liked good actresses. He had a mm. thing about like the great actresses of Mexico. Mm -hmm. And he would always tell me, oh, you're going to be an actress. Like, you know, he'd give me like examples of like the, the great cinema of like the golden age, like Who is the he golden into? age of Mexico. He was into like, well, not even the golden age, but like Ofelia Medina or Maria Rojo, which are more like 70s and the 80s actresses. Okay. He really liked, I think he liked them because they were so strong, I suppose, and he wanted me to grow up having a strong person to look at. Mm -hmm. It and worked. So that, <laughs> he was right. <laughs> so then that got into my head, yeah. you know, and I was like, because I was really little. How old? Since I can remember, he would tell me that. Wow. That and then Selena. Selena okay. came along. Did he switch over and say, oh, I he need loved, you to be a pop he star? He loved Selena. No, no, no. He just loved Selena. So mm -hmm. we would watch everything Selena. Like her in concert. Like he took me to Corpus Christi because we were living in Mexico. But he made a trip to take me. I was a big fan. But I was little, like six, seven. Mm -hmm. And then when she died, we were together. And it was like my first heartbreak. So, you know, like between those two things, he never really thought I'd be a singer. Yeah. But he liked like how like good Selena was, I guess. And, yeah. You know, she Just was. magic. He wanted magic from you. <laughs> yeah, he wanted magic, basically. <laughs> did you sing or not at all? I used to sing the Selena songs and I used to, you know. But did you do it like perform? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? But little, you know, like family parties and oh, because they, they, my nickname in my family is Nena, which is like baby. Okay. So they'll be like, baby is going to sing Selena. Then I'll come out. Como la flor. <laughs> How old were you? Six, seven. Wow. And I have, you know, like, I, they never really did the outfits for me. Mm -hmm. I, it's just whatever we could throw on. But I have like little videos with, you know, my jeans and like the Hano shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody would clap. So then you learn, oh. If I do this, people will applaud. Will applaud, and that feels good. You liked the power. Yeah. Yeah. And the feeling special. And, and then when do you go into, I'm going to do this, as, a, as opposed to like a kid performing at the house? When do you start thinking, like, maybe this is something, ser maybe I'm serious about this? Cause I, because my dad was so serious about it. Mm -hmm. My mom wasn't. Like, my mom and her family were like, what? Like, that's crazy because there's never been an, any kind of artist in our families. So it was very, very foreign to them. And, my, but my dad comes from, they're all school teachers from my dad's side. But they do poetry, like, you know, popular poetry or they write poetry. So he had more of a, ah. and they'd sing, you know, the guitar. There was always like, a sense of. You have a cultural background, like yeah. your family was down with your dad. Did my dad, but it was read. very popular, you know, it wasn't like high poetry, it was just like from the people. 
Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, would he perform it? He would just sing to me, like he'd, he'd sing to me every day, and mm-hmm. my mom would be there listening to, to the song. So I have a good uh, relationship with the arts, because mm-hmm. uh, they remind me of a good time. Yeah. Of nurturing and being in togetherness. This is all in Oaxaca. This is, I mean, we moved around a lot. I was in Chiapas, I was in Mexico City, I was in Oaxaca, I was in Juarez, because my dad had a job that we, we would move around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know. Everyone. How come you speak such good English? Because out in the 70s, my mom's family migrated. Um, you know, they walked from Oaxaca to here, across the desert, oh. did the whole thing. And my aunt, Soledad, who is the woman that I ended up growing up with when I moved here, uh, she was already here. So it was always a thing of like, they'd call my parents. And they always make send, sure that send she... one person and then everyone starts to come yeah. in. Or <laughs> like, just make sure that they have both, like, don't just let them be in Oaxaca. You have to make sure that they learn English. You have to, you know, there was a lot of push from the family. Mm-hmm. And so I started going to school in El Paso when we were living in Juarez. You know, like they, they'd always find ways mm-hmm. for me and my brother to get ahead or have other opportunities. So you start studying in LA and California or how does it go? I started studying in El Paso and then I moved to California with my aunt mm-hmm. when my dad decided because, you know, I'd always say, I, I want to be an actress, and I never, I didn't like to wake up early to go to school. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, I don't, I don't know, it was just so hard for me. And my dad, <laughs> it was truly, really <laughs> Is hard. Is it still hard for you with call times and early? Because you're, no. you have a life of early now. Now I have a life of early, yeah. but before, it was like he'd wake me up, and I'd be like, Arr. Yeah. And then my dad would let me sleep in, and then sleep in, and then he, he'd say, oh, she's going to be an actress, she doesn't need to go to school. Wow. You know, it was he had a vision. crazy. He had the right vision. Oh, yeah. Because he, you know why? Because he always, because my dad um, is very stable mm-hmm. and had given my family a lot of support. So he always felt if it doesn't work out, like everybody says, it's not going to work out. I'll just take care of her. That's I'll so just, opposite a, of like the American family. Yeah. It's always yeah, especially, it's reverse yeah. engineered. Yeah. Your dad was cool. He was cool. Yeah. He was he's also very. He was also very like, yeah, to do it. Right. So you know, did he want it at some point? Is that why he was like pushing so you would have? Or no, I think he. Well, he comes from a very poor family. Mm-hmm. They were cotton pickers. Or I mean, my grandfather died when he was really young in okay. a very so he in, like a be, Mexican standoff. He had to be the boss. So he yeah, and he wanted to play soccer, and he was very good. Mm. And in Mexico, that's the dream of every boy to right. play soccer. That's like you know. And he didn't, he didn't do that because my grandmother, mm. and he took care of a lot, the family. So then when I was born, he felt, you know, this broken dreams, so to say, that I had. She has the opportunity because I can support her. So right. I kind of like fell in like soft, a soft ground. <laughs> yeah, where I could fail mm. and it was okay. What age did you say like, I'm down to do this? Or did you always feel that way? I always felt that way because he encouraged me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, if he says I can do it, then I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody repeats in your head something so much. And so when I was maybe 12, 13, I, you know, I was more and more like, I don't like school. What am I doing in school? I want to be an actress. And then he said, okay, then go study for a year uh, to America. And they got me, you know, like the student visa. Cause I was born in Mexico. Yeah. And go study for a year. You'll do 
and that way you'll also learn English at an early age. And you had you had any English then or none? Yeah, because they gave. I went to like schools that were kind of bilingual. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so like he said, move move with your aunt Soledad, and we were living in El Paso, and I remember he put me on a Greyhound bus from El Paso to LA. Wow. And I saw him, wave goodbye. And my mom came with me the first year, so it was me and my mom. Mm -hmm. And that was the last time I lived with him. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that at that, you know, I thought a year, but that was the... What's that? that the, I don't know the story. Like the goodbye, you know, like uh -huh. I thought I'll go there for a year. My brother and my dad stayed behind. And you'll but go back. But I never back. came back. Yeah. I never came back to like Mexico and growing up with them. And so you're full LA. Yeah. And then where do you start the studying in this routine, getting us to... I, because we didn't know anything, I came to L.A. and my aunt was like, what are you doing here? What are you talking about being an actress? You're crazy. You know, because they try to protect you, right? Right. So, um, so then she said, you're going to go to high school. That's what you came here for. So they sent me to high school. And, but I didn't have a car. My mom didn't know how to move around L.A. So I looked in the yellow pages for acting schools. And I found like five. Uh -huh. And because, you know, my dad was very proud. He was like, well, if you don't know, then look in the yellow pages. Right. You know, call people. Just find yeah. your way. Yeah. And uh, and I looked and then I went to, you know, I was starting to go out to a few acting schools. And the, there was one that no longer exists like that. It was an Italian conservatory. And the people there really, I really liked them. Mm -hmm. But they only had adult classes. So they saw me and I was very enthusiastic so they put me with the adults oh that's a good step yeah and so yeah. the and because I my you know that's I think that's interesting because my English wasn't that good mm. I couldn't get caught up in the words so it was all behavior that I learned and it was Meisner where do you repeat or you only repeat yeah so I learned like my instinct developed really fast and and I felt at home and that's when I said yeah this is for me and this is what I want to do for the rest of my life because I thrived and I was happy, like I wasn't in school. How long did you <laughs> stay at that first place? Three years. And then where do you go? And then I stayed for three years. Then I graduated, but I was still very young. I was maybe 15 or 16. 15, I think. And there was, oh, and then I went to Mexico because, um, you know, we didn't know how to even start here. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I didn't have a work permit either. So we, you know, we waited the options. Like he said, let's just go back to Mexico where we are. You can, mm. we, you can look there, and you know, I, we asked around of friends or whoever we knew, and somebody took me to a casting director. And he was casting a movie called Border Town with Jennifer Lopez and Antonio Banderas, and and they cast me. Oh wow! Yeah, it, you right. You were only fifteen. I was only fifteen. And did it shoot in Mexico? It shot in Albuquerque. Okay. So you know, they did all that. All that mm -hmm. process and then that's a pretty I, large beginning yeah and the director was Gregory Nava and he was beautiful and Jennifer was so embracing and mm. yeah and Antonio was like the most kind guy I've ever worked with even till this day you know what I mean I mean everybody's been really kind but he was just all hard yeah so I had a good good start and then right after that the um, word uh, spread that there was this girl that came from LA that spoke English and nobody spoke English. 
So then there was another movie where the, there was a lead that had to be a bilingual girl. Uh -huh. So they gave me that part. What's that one? It's called Bienvenido Paisano, which is like um, a comedy about a family that comes to Mexico, but they've been living there. They've been living in the U.S. for 30 years and they come back. And the girl, she doesn't, she's never been to Mexico, so it's like a comedy about what is it like to come back and find a culture that you thought was yours, but you're it's not. just much more flamboyant. <laughs> and you're like, what? That's a pretty good one. Yeah, it's really funny. And so I did that. And then from that, people, Mexico is a small, it's a small uh, industry. Right. So people start, started to And know do you me. have a crew of other people that are working for Mexico? Like have you become friends with or stayed? Yeah. yeah. Who, what kind of people? Well, I have, I mean, I have my generation, mm -hmm. which is like, we made a lot of films together. They're all young actors, but a lot of the Narcos cast okay. is a part of my generation. Right. So when we did Narcos, it was really like a... Homecoming? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's like, oh, you're here, I'm here. Yeah, yeah when was... we were doing the makeup tests, it was like, oh my God. Did oh you God. know Diana Garcia, or how do you say, Diana Garcia? Diana Garcia, yeah. Was I knew she her. like working then? Or? She was working, but she, I think she's one generation above me, not, not specifically in age or anything, mm -hmm. but she started to work at it, like maybe earlier than me or, I, I mean, I don't even know, but. Well, you started pretty early. Yeah, no, yeah. I know, I know, but I, I don't know. She just was rolling with like older, older people, uh -huh. cooler people. Uh -huh. She was from the cool side <laughs> of Mexico. Yeah, she was Mexico. like from the cool side of Mexico. Yeah. And, and we kind of knew each other, but it wasn't until now that, that we became friends. Where's Diego at that time? Is he in Mexico or is he Diego worldwide already? Yeah, Diego and Gael were major superstars well, they by hit. the time I started working. Okay. They, they had already done it to Mamá también because, you know, they, they and they, they've been uh, child actors. So everybody kind of knew them, but they had already, uh, you know, made this, this incredible movies. And, yeah. yeah, and Gael was already doing with Almodovar and he was, you know, so he was like this, this right. icon to all of us, not just to me. So wait, so from around, you've, you've done how many films as a kid, like? i done, oh, how many? As when a you were actor, a kid, when you were falling from the Jennifer like, to the next one to the next one. To the next one. one to the next one, until I stopped in Mexico, I did maybe 11 or 12. Wow. Yeah. And you stopped for what reason? I stopped because, so then I did, because this ties in a little bit, but I did another movie that was more of a intimate movie. It was called Viaje Redondo, and I was really young, and that movie gave me a lot of notoriety, mm. like a lot of awards. It went to all the festivals around the world, and I was getting awards in France, you know, like France and the Colombia. The fast track. Yeah, and, it, and there was a lot of, you know, income of people and information and opportunities, but I was young, so, you know, it's you hard to... You felt like you needed to go ground? Well, yeah, it's hard to deal with that, I think, when you're young, because you start losing ground, mm -hmm. and then you don't know where you are, and then my family couldn't advise me because they didn't know. So everything became really fast. Mm. Everything, everything. It's just like between working and then having that notoriety and then not knowing how to handle it, mm -hmm. and then having reps and not knowing what to do with them, you know, and I, I was young. I was like 19, 18. Wow. So from there... My, my work started to get bad. In the sense that you weren't prep, preparing? Or no, I, you I were... was preparing, but I was getting, oh, it was the same. The roles. The roles were the same too, but also I was not, 
it's like you hit a block, like you hit a roof, like a creative roof in both the parts that you're offered and the way you're working. I see. Because the education that I got was a good education, but it's nothing like what I learned hmm. after. Your training had led you to a certain, like it's like yeah, an instrument like and you can only yeah. play a song. Right. And you get tired of playing the same song for yeah. yourself. Yeah, and then you just play it the same way. I see. You know, you kind of follow the same course. And you like were calling yourself, like you were doing this to yourself though. It sounds like you were yeah. the one deciding to. Yeah, like I, I just kind of felt like in every role, I just felt like it just wasn't, and I just knew, I sensed there was more to my artistry than Your what range. I was using. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then you pull over. So then I was like. And where are you then? You're in Mexico? I was in Mexico. Okay. I was in Mexico, there was a lot of things happening, I was working, and then I said, no, I have to go back, I, I can't, I can't continue, I, like I just, you know, the roof was right here and I just couldn't. Yeah. And, and I came here and I'd heard of the actor's studio from, you know, from watching the Inside the Actor's Studio, from reading Al Pacino's book, who I'm a big fan of, and I Where came. did it start? Actor Studio starts in New York, starts the in Actor LA. The Actor Studio starts in New York in the 50s. Okay. Yeah, uh, founded by, it, it became, when the group theater in the 30s um, ended, a few of the members formed the Actor Studio. Okay. Elia Kazan and Lee Strasberg and Harold Kerman, they, they started this, this okay. place. And you know, everybody was there. And yeah. Like Marlon Brando. Everybody. And yeah. Everybody was auditioning and it was incredibly hard. I got to get excited, in. you know, I didn't get to go there until like three or four years ago. And, but that's and met. Danny brought me, yeah, that was where we met. Yeah. And he's like, Do you want to watch Martin Landau teach a class? And mm -hmm. I'm a huge Martin Landau fan. I've been liking his work since I was a kid. And it was just like, wow, this is the real because I did some studying for directing, but never on this uh it's like a it's a big difference. You right, know? right. That's yeah. What, that's these what people I'm, are I mean. diehard in there, and you yeah. start. And when you walk in there, this is Los Angeles. You start. Is it in the yeah. same place I met you at? Yeah. Okay, so you start there, and you uh, just feel like you begin again. Tell me about that. Tell me about pulling what? over off of all the crazy stuff. Yeah. So then... I I hit the brakes and I went to the actor's studio. No, I first went to my teacher from the first school told me, I've hired a teacher from the actor's studio. I know you've always been interested. So if you're going to be in LA, why don't you take her class? So I went and I took this class, which was a method, which I'd never done. It was like sensory work, really deep work. And I went in and, you know, it was like, it was crazy. And, yeah. and she went and told Martin Lando uh, the very next day, she said, I, I have this girl in my class. And she's, you know, her, she's like, right? And, and Marty said, oh. And, and she said, you should take a look at her. And Marty came, which is not usual at all. But I guess the way she spoke about me, he came, he saw me do a scene. You know, I didn't even meet him. He just kind of, and then they sent me a letter of invitation to audition. They said, okay. we'd like you to audition. So they skipped me because it's usually a process where you have to start from preliminar to preliminar to preliminar and it's like it could be a year or two of auditions got it and i went straight to the the judges the final judges and was he in the room he was in the room um lou antonio was in the room it was like a scary i bet you know mark rydell was in the room barry primus 
you know, like, but you, but you don't see it. It was like 15 older, you know, like OGs of acting, just like in darkness. <laughs> <laughs> and I did the scene and they took me in the, the first day. And did you perform on that stage mm -hmm. in that room? Yeah, you do yeah. Five, a five minute audition. Yeah. And I did it and, and they took me in and then Marty took me in as my mentor. Wow. He like embraced and me and taught me. He's, like, from what I saw the day I went, which isn't a lot, he's tough. He is tough, but I don't know, maybe because there was I a was woman, young, but. There was an older woman that did a mind bending scene and I watched her and it was like a eight minute scene and she, she finishes and he's just like sitting there and he's like, quiet and he goes what was your choice when you entered the room like he just yes. pulled the bottom out of the whole right? shit That's and I was like watching does. going compelled you know the woman did her job but he had something he was able to see something I couldn't even see yeah but that's why I say tough growth. because my only recollection was that moment where you were no, like it's tough it's you were like that place. was the best shit in the world and he was like no <laughs> I so, know. yeah yeah, I came in and he, he just like, you know. Did he ever work with the groups? Did he ever get on, like, I have to go do something, I'm going to work? Or does that, does oh, he do no. that somewhere else? No, no, no. Or he doesn't do he, that process at all? He never worked on stage because he was the moderator and the artistic director. Okay. He never worked because uh, he felt that it would take away from when he moderated. And his, um, his main focus at the time was the growth of the actors working at the studio. Wow. Yeah. And we started to develop a play that he really liked. So through that process, he taught me. He, um, yeah, I think it was mainly like I had this, you know, it was like a ball of a lot of intensity. Yeah. <laughs> and he taught me how to regulate it and how to access it and how to, you know, he'd always like tell me this analogies like, Teresa, you know, a Lamborghini, right? step on the pedal <laughs> right so he taught me how to transition and just shift through yeah and how to access places I'd never access pretty much handle the instrument that I I was given mm -hmm. with all its intensities and all its uh, places that I didn't know about and most of all I feel like what the actor's studio gives you is a lot of trust in yourself as a talented being you know, because they don't judge talent as in skill. They judge talent as a high sensitivity. Okay. That you can learn how to, how to handle and how to take here or there th with all the other elements, mm. you know, and, the, and the, um, the passion and the die hard, like you said, love for acting is mm -hmm. so high at the actor's studio that that's not even a question, you know, whoever is there. It's like... You know they're there. Yeah. There's no question of that. Yeah. So they don't, they don't push a lot of the other things at other schools. This is not a school. It's more like a lab. It's like a, a life. Lab it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. There's people in there that don't give a shit about ever going up. And like they do, like, right? There's not like a lot of that. Like, I just got to get to my audition. It's more like I want to do yeah. some extreme work, it seems. Yeah, and I want to grow as an artist. And I want to... And I think it's also about furthering the the craft of acting mm. you know because as you develop then the other because marty first marty taught me to 
to work mm. on myself, to, to do it, right? And then once he felt I had enough understanding, then he started pushing me to speak to others about how I work because he used to say it's also about you being able to express what you do so that, it could, so that you can have an understanding and help others further. Is so it almost a, like community. if you have it, you have to give it away to keep yeah. it? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think he, he felt that he had, you had to give it away in that community because that's the only way the tradition would be kept. Mm-hmm. And the, that's actually the last conversation I had with him was that. He, um, before he passed. I, Did he know or he had no idea? No, he had no idea. But, yeah. But, but he, he had lived an incredible life. And yeah. He, he knew that. You know what I mean? He knew how incredible her li- his life had been. And then at the, the last of his years, he spent them just giving to us. Did he know his work was so good or did he have that thing that everyone has where they really have no perspective of how much their he work knew. is good? He knew he was he great. Knew. He, he knew, knew he had he, it in him. He knew because he knew he did the work. You know what I mean? And he, he believed that if you did the work, there was no way that truth wasn't going to come out. Mm. He had that conviction. Mm-hmm. And he always used to say, like his biggest thing, he, he used to always tell me and everybody, Teresa, if you know how to swim, you're not going to drown. <laughs> that was his big thing, you know, because sometimes you get at, in the stage and you're, you know, and you don't realize, oh, oh. How long did you work <laughs> together? Five years. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Five and years. This, how long were you uh, self-appointedly stopped till you start going back up for a film or when you go back out? Well, um. When you felt like, I got this, I'm going to go back. Well, Gael was... Because Gael had, is, has been one of my biggest uh, references. Okay. For an, for an artist from my country. Okay. You know, I, I've adored his work always. Yeah. And I got to meet him and meet him in a few situations. He was always very kind to me. I so met like, him at Sundance randomly. He was really nice. Yeah. He's yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and he was developing a show. Um, and this is I've been at the studio for like four or five years, and all my friends were writing me, my agent, everybody was saying, you are crazy, everybody's forgotten about you, you're not going to be able to work again, uh-huh. nobody's going to, you know, it's like when an artist leaves for so many years, it's yeah. like, oh, they're gone forever, right. but I just, I just couldn't leave the studio, it was so much was happening to me, yeah. and so Guy was developing this show, and he had met me before, he knew of, of my work, and they, they offered me a part. And that was like the, the moment where I knew that, okay, it's time now. And, and I went and I told Marty. That was the last time I saw him, the last time I spoke to him. And I said, Marty, um, they're offering me this, sh- this part in the show and with a, with a crew of people that I admire immensely because it was like some of the best directors of Mexico. It's a really high-quality project. So it was like, you know, in a way, like this huge gift. And, and, I said, and, and Marty said, yeah, don't come back. I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean don't come back? He's like, go, go, because now you have to go out there and, and you have to learn by doing it. and then you have to teach it. Ah. And he told me, you, if one of the reasons why I put so much effort in you is because out of all the people that are here, you're the one who could speak this in Spanish. Mm. You're the one who could take it to Mexico or to Latin America in Spanish. Mm. And that was our last exchange. Wow. Yeah, and then maybe a month and a half later he passed. But you know, and then I remember I walked, I walked down, and 
I, I, I just felt like, you know, when you feel that you're not going to see that person again. You had that feeling. Yeah, and I thought, oh, I'm crazy. I'm just being sentimental. Yeah. yeah. And I turned around to go hug him, and he went, go now. And I was like, <laughs> uh, and I left, and that was the last time I saw him. Wow. And did you go off and do this show, or did yeah, you? Yeah, I went off and do that show. Okay. Yeah, and I was doing that show when Danny called me. Okay. Danny called Danny Menick. He called me crying. Marty, Marty. Oh wow. Yeah. How long did you do this show? I did that. We shot for about four months. Okay. Yeah. It's like an eight-episode show, and it was incredible. Like a group of artists that really, I was just so. It was such a great gift to come back to such a high-quality work, and then after that. I went into Narcos. Okay. So I've, I've really just been working. Since. Since, you yeah. know. It's been like three years that I've been Have you gone back, back the to, the, uh, to the playhouse? Do you ever do exercise or say oh, hi? Yeah. Or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, I went back. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think I'm still my, I don't know. I, 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 since Marty died, I haven't really gone back. I've gone back to watch. But it's been hard for me to go. There's so much association. I, I guess, yeah. but I've never thought about it consciously. I just think, oh, I'm working, I'm so busy, I have to study this, I have to study that, I don't have time. But I'm sure there's something of, like, Marty's not here. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a teacher yeah. that uh, mm -hmm. fills in for him, or how does that work out? I mean, there's Lou Antonio, who used to, because Marty had the Friday session, and Lou Antonio had the Wednesday session, who's an, also an incredible teacher. Right. And, uh, but I'm a little spoiled because he, yeah, you know, he, I have dinner with him all the time, so he teaches me there, so mm -hmm. then I don't go to <laughs> Yeah, and you also came at this very vulnerable, raw place, and you worked mm -hmm. on your skills, yeah. you know, so you can't take that away. Yeah. So what's it like being back in the mix? Like, what's being that like? Because now it's, it's probably bigger or as big as your biggest moment, or is it bigger? It's bigger. it's bigger. It's much bigger, but yeah. it doesn't feel as big because I've grown. Yeah. Yeah. And then also... Um, you know how to swim. Uh, yeah. You're not going to drown. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I feel like <clears throat> drowning, mm -hmm. but I remember. <laughs> you have to go through all that stuff anyway, right? Yeah. The but doubt. I also, at the studio, I met Greta Seacat and Sandra Seacat. Okay. Some of the most... Yeah, I've heard of Sandra Seacat for a long time. I've never Sandra met her. Sandra Mickey. A lot of people. I mean, a lot of people. Yeah. I love Mickey. Is she New York or L.A.? Uh, she is both. They're by coastal. Yeah. So they 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 took me in too. Okay. I've I just been like, wait, mm. what is this like? Rain of gifts. Because he might be good. I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with that. Or <laughs> it just you don't or, just fall into these things. I don't think. Or I think it a might, lot of might just would. be willing. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know. I, feel like I think a it's lot of more than are not that. Willing, you know. I think it's like sometimes like just an observer. You watch people work, and some people have something that's above and beyond. Craft and ability. I don't know. I think I don't think you could. I don't know. I have this issue. I don't think it could be. I think it's there's some sort of genetic spark. But yes, you have to shape, work it, dude. This all stuff. Yeah, I just to. feel like there's something in the DNA of somebody that yeah. I watch and can take me on. You know. Yeah, I that mean, journey. that's that's good. Also, when things get rough. Yeah. It, but if you have a vocation, which I believe is what I have or what I was born with, mm -hmm. then you can you can wait. Mm -hmm. For it to get better, because you know that you that took a is big shot with that waiting thing. Like that's a gnarly. You're not allowed to wait. 
I know. You know, and that then, and like... then this current culture, it's like if it was posted at noon on Instagram at five o'clock, it never happened. You know, exactly. What I mean? <laughs> yeah, and my friends, oh my God, they write, Teresa, you are crazy. Yeah. And my manager, my manager who also waited for me all those years and never. You left, still have the same team. I still have the same wow. team. And they waited six years for me to be studying at the actor's studio. <laughs> They're like, she's studying. So yeah. how does He Nar would call me. He'll be like, you can learn and study at the same time. Sure. And you can work at the same time. I'll yeah. be like, no, I can't. Yeah. How did Narcos come about? How does that go down? From the show that I did with Gail. Okay. Uh, the One of the producers was going into doing Narcos. Okay. And he, you know, a lot of the people who were at the Gail show ended up at Narcos. Because everybody knew now they were going to do Mexico. And, uh, you know, we, we all sent tapes. And, but there was, a, there was also a lot of support. Like, these are the actors from Mexico that are doing great things. Got so it. that also always helps to transition to another. Did you have a relationship mm -hmm. with Diego or was that new? No, I met, him, I met him on set. I met him that day. So he was on Gail's show. Or he was, was going to direct one of one of Gail's episodes. Gail. Gail, uh huh. One of the because they both produced, so he was going to Gail directed. Are they at the same company? Mm -hmm. I don't know their history. I just knew that like you know they came, they blew up, and they <laughs> took over. And it seemed like Diego uh, was on some sort of sabbatical. Like he wasn't, or or Gael was doing so well and so much that you're like, where's the other dude? You know, this is the American yeah, ignorant yeah, yeah. portrayal of them. It's like, where's the other dude? He's like really good looking. Like, and then you saw him in like a Prada ad and you're like, but the other one's doing something all the time. And then it wasn't the case. Then all of a sudden, Diego's in fucking Star Wars. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so you're yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. But that's get how it. this business works, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's mean... like Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, but there's there those two are much more neck and neck uh, with Matt and Ben. It's like Matt just got on a spaceship somewhere in life and made a very harnessed decision, and the other one kind of went to Jenny on the block. But then he came back as a director and yeah. blew our minds once again. And then like now you don't know the writing's not clear, but Matt just keeps ta 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 ta. You know what I mean? He's an anomaly. It's yeah. like the simplest white dude you've ever seen in your life ruling the world. But he also has that thing that you're talking about that you just can't stop looking at him. You know, yeah. like you were interested. Yeah, but I think there's something like he's got that Hanks that like he's Hollywood royalty. He doesn't stop. Right. There's a certain place and then he breaks through those places, you know. It's like hard. one of the highest paid guys on earth. Yeah. It's weird. But um, back to those two. Um, so Diego, you just met for the first time on set, mm -hmm. or you had met through the culture in New Mexico? And the... I mean, we've seen each other a couple of times, mm -hmm. but, you know, hi, that's it. Uh, and then when I did Narcos, I met him the first day we shot, and he was very, he's a very warm person. Like, you immediately connect with him. Yeah. Because he's very generous, very open, so we became good friends, and we had a great uh, collaboration, which sometimes... Because I was coming from that huge sabbatical. I didn't know... Well, <laughs> well you had at least gotten the, that the, good the show off before you went right to Narcos, yeah. right? You got yeah. warmed up. Yeah, I was, I was warm, but I, I hadn't... You know, like now, I'm more... I could collaborate more without fear. And before, you, I didn't know where the line was in terms of everything you learn at the actor's studio and what you can actually bring into a set. Yeah. Because then the set is 
not just collaboration, but everything is so fast and there's so many other artists and their visions. And then in TV, you have the creators, you have the writers. And you, so it's, it's not like the studio word. This is your piece, this is what you bring in, mm. you know. So I didn't, that, that line I learned in the first season and Diego uh, helped me a lot, a lot uh, with that. You know, because sometimes I'd come in and he'll be like, what do you think about this? You know, and there was a lot of back and forth and, and that, in that sense I learned a lot from him. It was really good to How have How many him. episodes did you do? I did, uh, in the first season, oh, yeah. I did seven. And the new season is? And the new season is coming out. I can't say how many You can't, oh, yeah, I don't want to get in trouble but... here. Um, <laughs> yeah. What was it like the first season? What was the experience like? The first, well, like I said, because I was with Diego all the time. Mm -hmm. And not just Diego, but there was this director that I was in love with his work. He was like, oh. his name is Amat Escalante, and I always love his films, but he's a auteur. He usually works with, not with actors, but with people that he sees. I see. And it was like a dream of mine to work with him. And so he hadn't been in television. He, he had never been in television, just an auteur filmmaker that his films would go around the world. And I was just in love with his work. And he came to direct two episodes. Wow. And to my surprise, he was the most kind, generous, open, humble guy, you know. And so there was a lot of collaboration with him, too. And, and we, because he's also, his feminine side is very developed. Mm-hmm. So he, he helped so much with my character to shape it. and So I had those two, two guys. Yeah, two support, like, good support, support me group. And, and, yeah, because I, I did came into Narcos, you know, a little bit. Like, sure. Ooh, 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 it's ooh. a big show. Yeah. And is it hard? Is it like grueling hours or do they keep it pretty human? Or is it, because it looks like human. it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. You know it what looks like hard? a grind. Yeah, what is hard is to make those, like to do those scenes, to be in those scenes. Yeah. Especially for, for us Mexicans, because we grew up with that. So to go in and, and do a scene where somebody's getting shot, and a lot of the times they use like the real cops or they'll use the real military. So it starts feeling... It feels really real, and yeah. like, your psyche doesn't know. So When you're in that, like how long does it take you to bounce? Say you, know, you guys cut and you go back to your rooms, or you go back to a photo shoot, or you're somewhere. How long does it take you to like, stop lingering? Or do you, can you turn it on and off like a switch? Not me. I can't, I can't really. But, yeah. uh, but I've gotten to the point where uh, it doesn't affect my life or it doesn't destroy my life, mm -hmm. which I feel like a lot of artists, it could begin to destroy their lives. Mm -hmm. But it, with me, it's like I, it's there. It's there in the background, but I can function. And then sometimes I'll be like, oh, that narco slipped in this dynamic. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, That's it's well said, it's though. Manageable. Do you think about, like, that you... It's, like, the DNA of what you're from as opposed to somebody just coming onto a set and acting. It's a big mm -hmm. difference for you guys. Yeah. You, like, know the streets, know the locations, right? You yeah. know the culture and the... And you have memories attached to people and attached to things that... Mm. Like, when I lived in Juarez, uh, that's a border town, and there was a lot of drug violence there, and I, a few of my... Friends got abducted. I lived very close to a place they called the Las Narcofosas, where they dug up a lot of bodies. And those wow. were things that I saw as I was 10, 11 years old or 9. So they're in my psyche. So sometimes we'd shoot a scene and I'd see the same thing. And it was like the atmosphere just grabs you, you know? Yeah. It's like. It's so surreal that you mm -hmm. like, you see it this way and then you see it back with the camera crew and like people walk around with water bottles. <laughs> you're like, fucking who am I, right? But every, but maybe because it's like you're on a mushrooms or something. It is know? like, yes. 
but people take it very seriously. The crew of Narcos are very quiet, like especially when we do hard scenes. They Everybody is because we all respect what the tragedy that has happened to our country. Everybody, every person, you know, and we all know that what we're doing is is for that to bring light to that. So every person have like a from bunch actors of, uh, to the ages of managers going, okay, we got <laughs> a I mean, bunch of yeah. desensitized people walking around. What, what, what? <laughs> a bunch of desensitized agents walking around going, you're going to do the thing where you blow his brain, and then we're going to go over here. No. <laughs> what are we eating? What are we going to no, go no, eat? Also, the directors are also, mo- the, for the most part, Latin American. So I know, you know, at, we are all That's like, probably why the show is good. It's because it's all, you know, real. I feel like you can feel that, yeah, that you, atmosphere you that we bring. You can feel it through the screen. I, 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 I definitely felt something when I watched it, enough to keep going because yeah. it's fun for me to watch. And it's a hard show to watch, I feel. So you have to really like it to yeah. pull through. Not your season. Your season was just fun. It's fun, right? Everyone says that. Yes. The <laughs> season before, I don't know what they, I don't get the determinations of Mexico and where? Colombia. Colombia, but that's one of that season was just kind of like choppy and this mexico everyone was like yo it was just like <laughs> i just binged yeah just staring yeah, at because it so there like was blood a lot was of... coming out of my eyes i was just watching and watching i know because there's like a lot going. of um character yeah a lot of care and a lot of different characters and Me- the mexican culture also is so flamboyant and so there was a lot of that joy what can you say about the new season like anything like it was fun or like you I just finished you just wrapped I wrapped a few months ago. Okay. A few months ago, and it's about to come out in a couple of weeks. And now you're doing promoting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm doing press for it, which is fun because then you get to talk about it with a little bit of distance. Mm-hmm. And it's not fun, but it's uh, interesting too. It's a different. different what do you want to do now <laughs> after you do all your promotions? Are you going to take a break? Are you going to rest? Or are you just no? Gonna go? I took a five-year break. I'm done with breaks. So you're just going to go <laughs> into something? Do you have stuff that you you're excited about or? I did a movie that I'm pretty excited about. Right after I did Narcos, I went on to do that movie called The Minute Man with okay. Liam Neeson. Oh, cool. Another incredible. Yeah. Like, it's like I, You're, I get to work with all this people. incredible, you know, I've never, you know how sometimes actors would be like, oh, I work with this person, I really like, he's an asshole. Yeah. That's never happened to me. You're lucky. Yeah. Very it's lucky. coming. It's coming. You're so busy. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, like Liam was. Most gen- and and he you know like sometimes you would think an actor of that sure of would that just be a little bit distance from you guys yeah. and be like I'll be in my trailer what the fuck are they yeah. doing no he was so respectful he came to me spoke to me about what he had seen in my work he, incredibly respectful and cool. I was like oh my god what a beautiful man you know any yeah. big plans for 2020 um I don't know yet big plans is like professionally anything. Anything? I'm wrapping it up. I'm wrapping about to up. shoot you. I want to take pictures of you. Okay. Um, I'll just, I'm just going to keep going. I just shut you this down. Is, no, this is, to me, like, it's an incredible wave that I'm writing. Mm-hmm. And I just want to keep on it. You will. <laughs> the work is there. it's fun. And, I'm, and, and right now, you know what it is also? Everybody around me, my team, my people, my teachers, my friends are incredible. So it's really like a time where I'm like, you know, like, what a gift. Yeah. What a gift, basically. Looking forward to what's next. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you, Patrick. (laughs) You're awesome. No, you are. You're so cool. (laughs) Yes. Let's see how that... I think we got it. And that concludes our episode with Teresa Ruiz. 
I went last night to see episode one of season two of Mexico. Her role in this is amazing, and I'm looking forward to seeing all the episodes. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. Without you, there wouldn't be a show. And if you'd like to follow us on Patreon or make comments or get behind the show, it's Patrick Hollick at Patreon. We have also added an Instagram account, which is at the Love Show LA, if you'd like to check that out. Uh, coming up, I'm working on a screenplay and adapting it into a podcast format. So I'm excited to share that. It's just taking a little bit of time because there's at least, I think there's 13 characters in this, in this film. So to have it all cut and ready and, and put together has been a bit of a challenge, but I think it's going to be worth it in the end. So we'll see you next time, and I'm looking forward to our next podcast. Hope everyone's having a great 2020 so far.